This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fiberside Chats podcast from 3GIS. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. Today on the podcast, we're talking about customer engagement. Now, customer engagement is nothing new, but how companies are engaging with their customers continues to transform. Now, for communication service providers, accelerating digital transformation efforts has become a greater priority in order to accommodate growing customer engagement needs. And so joining us today to talk about the importance of customer engagement and why customer engagement matters now more than ever is Ashley Hornbuckle. She's the marketing manager for telecom at 3GIS. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. And we are also thrilled to be joined today by Steve Seagraves. He is an instructional designer at 3GIS. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tyler. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm thrilled to have uh, both of you here on the podcast today. And so, like I talked about uh, there in the introduction, we're talking customer engagement today. And we hear a lot about customer engagement in just about every industry these days. But what does it mean to you? Ashley, I'll kick this to you first. Okay, yeah. So I'll start out with giving a general definition of customer engagement. So Gartner defines customer engagement as the process of interacting with customers through varied channels to develop and strengthen a relationship with them. And then they go on to say that customer engagement is valuable because it increases customer loyalty and trust and improves the customer experience and it helps increase the sales funnel. Of course, being in marketing, we often differentiate between prospects or those who have not yet acquired our our product, but may be interested in doing so, and customers, so those who have made a purchase with us. We engage with both, but the type of engagement can vary greatly. For this session, though, we'll likely just generalize and refer to both interchangeably, unless we otherwise note. So in this industry, I would say the majority of our customers are in a race to get new fiber installed faster and smarter. For us, we want to be able to not only offer software to do so, but that guidance and that communication needed to make sure that they can be successful. Even before the pandemic, we saw a shift in the frequency of some online activities. So for example, there are more polls and surveys rather than just regular announcements. And now you'll definitely see more engagement on social media, such as LinkedIn, user forums, webinars, et cetera, um, as companies are looking for ways to stay in the forefront of their customer minds. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really well put, Ashley. Uh, Steve, yeah, pick up, uh, pick up and, uh, and, and run with it. Customer engagement at its heart is really about a relationship building and nurturing beyond the uh, transaction, up to and beyond the transaction. What is especially imperative in the uh, software as a service uh, realm is to ensure that customers are well-informed and prepared to utilize your products and services. There are typically these days baseline expectations to get training and support, but the crux of engagement is really making sure there is nothing lacking to the customer experience. And most importantly, that they don't have to stray in order to get what they need. I would say the ideal is to make every effort possible to ensure that customers don't have to question or hunt down answers to things like, where can I find this or how can I do that? 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good point, and I think you both uh, answered that question really, well, really, really well. And and Ashley, you specifically kind of mentioned and talked about the pandemic and how that's changed things. Being in a technology industry already, how much did you see service providers change? You know, to adapt to how things were were evolving throughout that time. The pandemic may have accelerated this. But I think many service providers have always had a focus on positive customer experiences and then just helping their customers become more self-sufficient. So we'll think of it in terms of how you can update your cell phone by ordering it directly like through Verizon and then having it delivered to your door. And you don't need that middleman, right? You don't need that associate at the store to actually set it up for you as long as you qualify and hit all the you know conditions. So when it comes to the pandemic specifically, um, we saw many communication service providers or CSPs, as you may hear me say um, throughout the session, um, accelerate their digital transformation efforts to be able to provide better customer engagement. So TM Forum has a publication that they call the Digital Transformation Tracker. And in the fifth edition, which was published last year in 2021, nearly 70% of CSPs who responded said that they were prioritizing digital transformation so that they could provide a more well-rounded customer experience. And not only have CSPs adopted new ways for current customers to engage with them, but they're also seeing potential new revenue sources from this engagement. So instances of teleworking grew tremendously. Steve and I are teleworking right now. And in response to this, some CSPs started rolling out offers targeted toward those who were working from home. So Cox Communications and AT&T, they both launched different work from home programs to help promote better security. Vodafone introduced an emergency home worker mobile plan and BT offered customers a second broadband connection at a discounted rate. So aside from the obvious benefit of potential gains in revenue, creating these new offerings gave these companies a way to provide a better customer experience by tailoring things to their customers' needs instead of forcing them to fit inside this existing mold. And that, to me, is another important and crucial component of customer engagement. Yeah, that, that's very well put, Ashley. Um, and we, and like you showed us, there's a lot of evidence out there of how companies are, you know, engaging customers. And and your last statement really reminds me of a quote, the the quote from Henry Ford, where he said, you know, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, <laughs> which somewhat highlights that even though customer engagement is all about the customer experience, it is often up to the industry visionaries to be innovative with fulfilling customer needs. CSPs should be asking themselves. What ultimately do customers need from my service? Define that objective first and then map out the customer journey through your organization to attain it. That's a very simple way to put it, but uh, it's the gist of it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really well put, Stephen. And uh, yeah, I like the the simple nature with with how you said that. Now, would you say that the pandemic has maybe led to companies trying to engage with their customers perhaps too much? I would say yes. There, there are definitely probably some some examples of that out there. Therefore, I think you know being able to read the room and understand what a customer needs, insofar as engagement, is really a priority for any company out there. Uh, this is where the organization can ensure that it has a proactive engagement model. Now, you may ask, what is a proactive engagement model? And and really, if you've ever seen a, a, or visited an FAQ page or a, a knowledge base or, or or watched an instructional video, that's really kind of the uh, the traditional, you know, uh, proactive engagement, you know, pieces there. In addition to providing feedback loops for the customer to voice their needs and 
really, lastly, but most importantly, a way to measure it by the organization, you know, some type of, of metrics that you can get out of it and say, hey, is this working? Is what we are, what we are offering, is it, you know, is it effective? Um, another thing now that's more critical than ever is to deliver more useful content to the customer versus something that's more tailored towards advertising or sales. Uh, it's no secret that we all hate spam. So just sending more emails may not equate to better customer engagement. And in fact, it may work adversely to some demographics. I guess the bottom line is to be cognizant of what I would call your engagement capital. Make information and solutions easy to access and then be responsive to direct contact. Ashley, you want to follow up on the, on Steve's comments? Yes. So when it comes to the employee-vendor relationship, the vendor is in a unique position in that the customer has already committed time and money to them. So why wouldn't they want to you know, hear from mm -hmm. us? I mean, we're assuming that they want to engage with us because they chose us, and that's not inherently wrong. But we do have to be careful to choose engagement that the customer you know wants, especially in this digital first space. So that's why we have to make sure that the method of engagement is both meaningful for both parties and also in a way like Steve said that doesn't you know necessarily spam or irritate people. So you know as exciting as something you might be doing is don't just talk about yourself. A lot of us are selfish in that we want to know what you're going to do for us. How are you going to boost my bottom line if I go to you as a service provider? I don't care that you were the first to put fiber in the whole city of Cincinnati. Like I don't live there. What does that do for mm -hmm. me? So you really have to make sure that who you're reaching out to cares about you know, that certain initiative as well. So what many companies have been doing for years is giving customers options in how they're communicated with. Of course, some of this is stemmed from government regulations, right? Like you can't harass people. But instead of just having a blanket unsubscribe or subscribe to all, let your customer choose what kind of content they want to hear. Do they want to know when there's new fiber service in the area, but they don't care about any promotions or discounts that you have? Let them make that choice. Mm. And sometimes the customer just doesn't want to engage. And I think it's healthy to give them space, but it's a slippery slope because we may end up with completely disengaged customers. And that's another issue that several companies are working to solve by becoming proactive, like Steve mentioned. So instead of reacting, um, we can use the data that we have to be proactive to this. So believe it or not, GIS data, market analytics, they can play a vital role here. You can look at patterns and demographics of customers who engage the most versus the least. You can create heat maps of take rates. Uh, you can look more closely at the data that you already have about these individuals. For example, are there greater instances of customer churn in areas in which customers aren't being engaged with? And did these customers choose to disengage or did we not engage with them? And so on. That's a really good point. And you're right. Sometimes sometimes customers just don't want to be engaged with, right? Like you mentioned, and that's, you know, giving giving them options in terms of how they're engaged with, I think is a great way of putting it and a great way of thinking about it. So um, in the grand scheme of things, which part of the organization is responsible for this customer engagement, right? Is this something that, you know, just rests at the feet of marketing or, or you know, sales or, or where does this uh, where does this go in terms of what part of the organization is responsible? Well, I'll start off. I know I'd like to hear what Ashley has to say of this, but 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 for me, it's really all about the customer journey, right? Like from first contact through the sales cycle to becoming a customer, successful engagement often starts with the salesperson or the account executive. Uh, but in the case of CSPs, for example, the entire business model is about delivering service 
which is essentially experience, right? Like if you're, if mm-hmm. you did so to the customers. So every aspect of the organization from sales to operations, to marketing, to training and support uh, can have a, a, a vital effect on, on, on engagement. Right, Steve, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I would second that everyone, right, is responsible for engaging the customers. I know traditionally, even, you know, when the lines between prospects and customers have been defined, a lot of organizations still place the entire responsibility on marketing, right? Unless it's related to a reactive event, such as a support issue. Um, However, we're now seeing an emergence of a lot of new service providers, thanks in part to broadband funding initiatives, such as the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, referred to as IIJA in the U.S. And, you know, a lot of these companies don't have dedicated marketing teams. But even without those teams, um, there are some simple things that companies can do to engage. And, of course, you don't have to rely solely upon marketing for that customer interaction. So social media, um, having one person dedicated to keeping up with social media is a big ask, right? Um, Even, you know, Steve and I trade off on who does what on social media sometimes. But places like LinkedIn are ripe with individuals just sharing news about what they do. And the number of users on LinkedIn has risen each year since 2010. So the company reported 690 million users in 2020 and 57 million different organizations in 2021. So if you could just have somebody be a page administrator on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. having them reshare relevant employee posts is a great way to reach a broader audience while being more personable, right? People like to see what other people are doing. And then you can also interact with your customers there and share their content, which can be valuable to you as well. And then one thing I like to tell companies, you know, whenever I interact with them is just remember your brand, right? Remember how people are going to envision you and how you want them to perceive you. So this is like an obscure thing, but if I see a logo on a vehicle, like I judge the entire company by how that person is driving and I probably shouldn't, but on my way into the office, you know, before we had to go remote, I would regularly encounter this like really reckless and aggressive pest control van. And I swore then and there, I would never do business with them because in my mind, that company equated with a poor experience, even though I did not have a relationship with them. And then finally, just, you know, sit down and evaluate your growth and expansion plans. How are you going to reach the individuals that you're building out service to, Mm -hmm. right? And how much will it cost to reach them? And then from there, you can kind of just determine what your next step should be, right? Should we outsource marketing or should we look to internalize some of that? Excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah, and 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 great points uh, as well. So as we begin to to wrap up this this conversation, um, what sorts of things do you want listeners to walk away with? Do you have any any final thoughts, any conclusions that you want people to take away from this conversation, Steve? I'll kick it to you first. Just if you have any uh, final thoughts, any conclusions, anything that you want listeners to walk away with here today. Well, definitely, uh, uh, if you're if you're driving a a, a van uh, with, with your logo on it uh, de- around Ashley, definitely don't drive erratically because she won't do business with you. <laughs> no, Ashley, I think it's a very that was a very good example because I've I've said that to myself in traffic before. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll never do business with them the way they're driving, you know. And then ten seconds later, I f- forgot it ever happened, you know, <laughs> on there. <laughs> Um, but, but as far as, yeah, as far as takeaways go, you know, um, actually you've covered some really good ground here and, and I think we, we really kind of just hit the surface, but really it's just like, 
you know, you, you want to have authentic content out there available. And, and as I think people now are, are, you know, they're smart enough to find it. If you put it out there, if you build it, they will come. Uh, millennials, especially, they, they, they do their research, you know, so before they, they make a decision uh, for, for a purchase. And, and so, and they look for, you know, relatable humans, you know, they, they're not going to respond to celebrity endorsements, for example, as well as, you know, traditional, um, advertising has gone. And so, so, so having a, a, a persona that they can relate to and being authentic really kind of puts the advocacy in, in their hands where they say, I want, I like this company. I want to advocate for it. And that goes further when other people provide testimonials or leave good reviews. That's what they respond to. You know, I know that personally, I, I research most everything I, I, I purchase from Amazon. You know, I'm going to look at the reviews and not just pull the trigger based on price or, or the fact I can get it tomorrow or whatever. So uh, there's a, there's a lot that goes into just, just, capturing that customer base and then from that that point forward you really want to uh to, to to make it to where as easy as possible for them give them the best journey the best experience that you can for the context of of your relationship with them excellent stuff ashley uh, any final thoughts what do you want people to walk away with from this conversation yeah so partially just look within yourself right you're a customer to someone in some capacity if there are things that companies do that you don't like and you know your friends and family don't like don't repeat those behaviors right and it seems obvious to say but sometimes we see a tip or a trick online and we're like yeah i'm gonna try that i'm gonna send out an email that has urgent as the subject people love that people don't love that. <laughs> so just make sure that you're thinking, hey, if I were on the receiving end of this, how would I feel? And then another thing, just to all of our service providers out there, think about the customer experience up front. I recently talked to one of our customers who said, you know, a lot of the service providers around him are just trying to rush and get things done. And they're not thinking about, well, I'm not storing my data appropriately so that if there's an outage, I can respond quicker so that my customers don't have to be without service for you know an extended length of time. So there are things like that that you just really have to sit down, go through, and then figure out how as an organization or a business entity, you're going to solve those. Excellent, excellent stuff. Fantastic conversation here today on in customer engagement, the importance of it, and uh, and why it's more important than ever. And some, uh, just some thoughts and ideas around how to do this well from our guests today, Ashley Hornbuckle and Stephen Seagraves. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. Thank you, Tyler. Yes, thanks, Tyler. It was fun. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you guys on. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us for this episode of the show. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, you can always visit the website for 3GIS to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership and expertise from the folks there. And while you're there, you should also listen to previous episodes of the podcast. You can do that there on the website or, of course, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guests today, Ashley and Steve, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. 